the same time, but we're sure glad you're all here today. Glad those are of you that were watching are here today. And everybody say this, my God is so good. Yes, he's meeting all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Isn't that a great, that's a great thought this morning for all of us. Amen. Yeah, give him praise. Well, we're going to make our confession, and then I believe I have a word for you. And no, I'm not going to lift these weights, so we'll fix that right from the very beginning. But I have somebody who will. Uh, we're going to talk about resistance today. How many of you had a few opportunities to be resisted? Well, in Next Step Faith, you will be resisted every step of the way. But you have a choice. I have a choice. Is it going to take us down, or is it going to build us up? Jesus said, I came that you might lift my name up. And we've got to be strengthened to do that in the day we're living in. Amen? So let's say this. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is re to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my life. Because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Well, you can be seated. If you notice, we didn't have our greeting time this morning when we're this crowded. Uh, and we're trying to make a certain distance between everybody, trying to keep a few chairs. But um, we will be letting you know if we're going to go to two services because we believe to grow. And if we're going to grow, we have to make more room. You know, it's just like when you have children. My uh, granddaughter, you know, I think partly because her husband's had to stay home from work. And, uh, and they're in this little house. He went right out and bought a big one. <laughs> I think it was because he's, you know, the baby, or the two-year-old's running behind him while he's trying to hold business meetings. And, and she's trying to catch him, and the dog's barking. And I think he decided, we're going to have to have more room, you know. And I believe when God adds to the church, you know, you just need more room. So um, I love all of us being together, but... I want to do what God says, and if he's going to grow the church, then we'll just do what God says. Uh, this week, uh, we're in part two of Next Step Faith, and, and I entitled this Steadfast in Faith. Everybody say steadfast. You know, we make that confession we will at the end of the service. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, and my labor is not in vain. But sometimes in the process of walking by faith, because We've never walked it before. It's next step. Everybody say next step. Things can look um, apparently in our vision like it's not happening. And uh, I believe that where we're at in this church, um, we're going to walk through some times like that. And I believe these messages will encourage us to make that trip. Uh, you know, we all go on journeys with the Lord. How many of you been on a few? How many of you been, rather not been on a few, but you've been on them? But God is the one who always shows us the way if we're listening and we're obeying. Everybody say, listen and obey. A lot of times we listen, but what God says just seems so impossible. We don't take that next step of faith and do what God's asking. And I want to look at Romans 12, 3, because every single believer has within them a measure of faith. You know, we may think, well, I don't have the faith for that. Well, that measure of faith has a lot of power in your life. And it says, for I say, through the grace, we talked about grace all last month, given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In other words, we can't do it by ourselves, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. I want you to say this. I have a measure of faith. Now, it says if you have a measure of faith, 
even if it's the size of a mustard seed. And last week I brought some mustard seeds. They're so tiny, and yet they grow. Uh, and Tracy was telling me, she works at Bennett's, that they're the hardest plant, the hardest seed. When, the mul- when they start, or no, that was the mulberry bush. When it starts growing, it's a tiny seed, but it begins to grow, and you can hardly get that thing out of the ground. You know, the things that God does, once they're rooted, they're not coming up. And the word that God's given you that you're supposed to walk in faith by, it's not coming up unless you just let it go. And you don't even plant the seed. Everybody say, I need to plant the seed. And today, you know, if there's something God has been saying to you, even though it seems impossible, take the step. Take the next step and sow the seed. What Pastor Dan said today, in tithing, it may seem impossible, but start with a little bit. And watch how God multiplies it. Because that seed will go in the ground. It will produce. And then you sow a bigger seed. And then you sow another seed. And things begin to get to grow. So everybody say, I have faith. And a mustard seed faith can speak to a mountain. And it will be removed. That's not my word. It's Matthew 20. So Jesus said, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here. And it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Everybody say, amen. Amen. You know, we say amen, I think sometimes just as, you know, that's what you say, amen. But amen means, so be it. That means God said it, it's established, and it's a promise, and it's for certain. And so if God says, You can move a mountain, whatever your mountain is this morning. By faith, everybody say, by faith, I can move the mountain. And so today, um, I want to read, I want to do Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I didn't do this last week at the end of my message, but this is the Amplified, and I think it's so good. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. How many of you know that's true? The sin is, it's a clever, we don't even know sometimes we're there till we've arrived. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Everybody say, praise God. What's that mean? It means God's working all the time to prove to us that if we walk by faith and not by sight, he's going to manifest himself in our situation and show us that he is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. And so um, today I'm going to talk about resistance will come. Um, Everything we've ever done, my husband and I, there's always been resistance. From the time we moved here, from here in 1981 to Tulsa, uh, from the time my husband got in Bible school, it was like all hell broke loose. The IRS came after us. Uh, My husband had some debt. You know, they show up in the driveway and my husband isn't there, and they say if he isn't here on Tuesday at this time, he'll be put in jail. And he's in, you know, he's, he's like the director of the Bible school by this time. It doesn't matter where we were in our walk. 
there was always resistance, resistance to everything that the Lord was trying to do. And um, it says in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, and I'm going to use the Amplified a little bit today. It says, be sober. What that means is not sad, not depressed, not like there's just no other way. It means to be well-balanced and self-disciplined. That's what sober means. It doesn't mean that you're somber. You're sober. And, and I believe in the body of Christ, we can look somber. You know, I get to look at all of you. And sometimes, you know, when we're hearing things, we just are like, you know, I see photos of myself sometimes that people take when I'm not, I'm not thinking anybody's taking a photo. <laughs> and, you know, I look like I am really, mm, but I'm not really. We need to let our face know that, you know, that's not really the way I am. But I am well-balanced, and I am self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That's what I, I heard this scripture when um, the COVID situation was going on, and we were starting to move forward. Everybody say, you always have to move forward. And, and I really felt like the Lord told me to be vigilant. If you read this in the New King James, it says, be sober, be vigilant. And so uh, be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, which the world needs to know who their enemy is, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry. Everybody say fiercely hungry. Seeking someone to devour, but resist him. Everybody say resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable. Isn't that what we say about ourselves? Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. How many of you have ever felt like Elijah? I'm, I'm the only one. God, I'm the only one. That's what he said to God when Jezebel was chasing him. He said, I'm the only prophet left. God said, oh, get over yourself. You're not the only one. There's others. You know, I have other people besides you. And so, you know, oftentimes, you know, we get in that place and we think, oh, you know, it, it's, it's all on me. Well, no, it's not. It's the work of the enemy against the power of God that's resident inside you. And we either get up and get on the offense or we just play defense all the time. And then when I've been at ball games and we've got Coach Dan over there, if you're on the defense, you're, you're trying to defend the other team from scoring. But if you're on the offense, you got the ball. And you're on the attack to score. We're on the attack to score, church. We're not on that other end. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That's in Matthew 16. And we need to begin to think like that. Resist him. Be firm in your faith. And sober, uh, another thing it says is self-controlled. How many of you just love that word? Self-control. That's, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So we do have help with that one. And watchful. Watchful. Be paying attention. You know, my nephew, Rodney, is a police officer. And about a year ago, he said, Aunt Pam, start watching when you go to your car, when you open the door, and when you get in. Watch. Be aware of what's going on around you. Well, you know, we're just, we're in America. Hallelujah. You know, what's going to happen? Lots of things happen. And so we have to be vigilant. We have to be watching. I, need, I think the church, I, I was listening to Paul Doherty last night. He's teaching on uh, faith in the wild. And last night it was about lions. It was so good. Anyway, uh, you know, he was saying, 
he, I forget what he said, and then he, he really got on a roll. I just, I'm so excited for this young man because I think he's going to be a voice for what we're going through right now in America because he is not backing down to, there, you can't have church. He said, we're having church six times a week, and we're going to keep having church six times a week because God told me to have church six times a week. Everybody say, there's resistance, but we do what God says. And, and he was talking about how uh, the church has its head in the sand. I thought, oh, I've got to go get my husband because he thinks, he thinks a lot of times that young people have their head in the sand. But this is a young guy who does not have his head in the sand. Praise God for people who get their head out of the sand and start watching. Because we have a job to do. And that's to bind and to loose what the devil's trying to do to our nation. But he's already done it in the home or he could have never got to the nation. I'll just keep preaching. Don't, don't leave yet. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 6. Everybody say, be strong in the Lord. When resistance comes, you have to be strong in the Lord, not in what you know. Not, not just in what you know. You know, a lot of us, we know a lot of scripture. We've been around a long time. But that means we have to use it. That doesn't mean we just know it. We've got to put it into action. It says, in conclusion, Paul's really saying after he's told the Ephesian church all, all about the things that God has done for him through Jesus, by grace you've been saved, through faith, it's not any of your doing. But at the very end, he says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him. In other words, what we have to do to be strong is to be close to him. It's not about the other people we know around us, not the people that we count on, not even as your pastor. I mean, I don't go home with everybody, but hopefully the word that comes forth from this pulpit causes you to seek after Jesus, that your household will be strong. And that when the enemy comes, it's not going to be stolen uh, just because you weren't around somebody who didn't know. If you're around the Lord all the time, he's always with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. So this strength is in you. And in the power of his boundless might, put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily, heavily armed soldier, so that you may be able to successfully, everybody say successfully, stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and deceits of the devil for our struggle. Now, this is so important, and the world does not know this. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. Everybody say supernatural. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you may be able to successfully resist everybody say resist and stand your ground in the evil day how many of you think we have a little bit of evil day going on right now of danger and having done everything that the crisis demands we are in crisis they call it a, a pandemic it is uh, chemical warfare this is not a disease this is an attack you just watched all the pictures of 9-11 this is the same thing, but it has to be taken out spiritually. If it gets taken out spiritually, it'll begin to be seen in the natural. 
because it'll happen. God will raise up a standard against the enemy, and the enemy will not overtake. But if the church doesn't stand up, nobody's going to stand up because it was supernatural. Did you just see? Supernatural. That's beyond what we can see. We, we have two men running for president. I encourage all of you to know what the platform of their party is because it's not the man, it's the platform of the party. The enemy has built a stronghold. He has built a stronghold in people's hearts and minds, and they are believing the lies of the devil. You vote righteousness. You vote for truth. You vote for pro-life. You vote for uh, marriage between a man and a woman. You vote for the things that are going to stop what's going on behind the two men, behind the party, their platform, what they believe. Doesn't the Bible say what you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you will have? Start listening to what's being confessed. Listen to babies being left to die after they're born. That is an attack against God. It's like the people of Moloch who sacrificed their children to their gods. If you know the old covenant, it is wrong. It is not of God. It is a bad platform. It's like the man who built his house on the sand. That thing will take everybody down with it. And it's the devil. Everybody say, it's the devil. We have an enemy, and it's not people. Has nothing to do with race, has nothing to do with nationality. It has to do with a spiritual battle that the devil has set up against this nation, and the church is responsible. We are responsible because if the world doesn't know, if my kids don't know to run in the street, I am going to do something to get them out of the street. I'm not going to say, well, get out there and just find out. You know, if you get run over, it didn't work. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to fight for that. And so we are fighting a fight of faith. And Paul said, I fought the fight of faith, and I finished the race. And now I'm going to go receive the crown that God has prepared for me. And it cost him a lot. This is the day to be you have your eyes open. And that's not a political message. They got in our business. Now we're in theirs. They came over here where we are. We didn't interfere. They came over here and started spouting evil. And when people spout evil, we come back with the truth. Amen? Oh, Lord, I didn't think I'd ever be saying these kind of things. Okay. <laughs> I tell you, something inside of me, it's like it's a spiritual battle. Now, that's, that's over here where God called me. I'm not called to run for president because I don't want to be the president. I don't want to wake up every day and think about all this world and how to stop what the evil's doing. I know what to do spiritually to help him, whoever it is, to get through to the other side of this because it's not the person, it's the devil. Everybody say it's the devil. And a lot of the church doesn't believe there even is a devil. We wrestle against, everybody say wrestle. That's to combat an opposing tendency or force to move or maneuver or force with difficulty. We're supposed to take up the whole armor. Well, the whole armor, let's, let's just read through the whole armor. To stand firm, everybody say stand firm, and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth. That's personal integrity, moral courage around your waist. Did you ever think of all those things? Everybody say integrity. Have you noticed we've lost a little of that? Moral courage, we've really lost on that front 
in the world around your waist, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, which is an upright heart. Listen, you need the breastplate of righteousness because your heart, out of your heart flow the issues of life. Your heart will know one thing. Your mind will try to tell you a different until you renew it. Once it's renewed, it starts trying to tell you too. But the enemy is so clever and so divisive and so deceptive that he comes to steal that right out of your heart. So we need that breastplate of righteousness. And having strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation, the gospel of peace in preparation for to face the enemy. Everybody say to face the enemy. With firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith. That covers your entire front from every fiery dart of the devil. And he is firing lots of darts right now. The worst thing is to turn around and run. There is no armor on your backside. You will be shot in the butt. (laughs) Or worse. I got bit by a bug on my butt once. You do not want to be shot by an arrow. That's all I got to say. Excuse me, those of you that are watching. I'm not always as professional as you're looking for. Hallelujah. I heard Paul say last night, that crappy something out in California, da, 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 da. And then he goes, some of you are upset because I said crappy. You don't even know that the devil's working on the West Coast. You know, you get so upset about a word instead of an issue, a crisis, a cause, a cause. Listen, I'm not concerned about what people say as much as I am concerned about what they do. And my husband every now and then loses and slips a word in. You know, some of you don't know that, but he does. Hallelujah. (laughs) But the Lord told me he's passionate when that word slips. He just doesn't go around saying those words. He's passionate about the cause. Everybody say the cause. We need a few more people to be passionate to help me. Uh, Above all, lift up the protective shield of faith with what you can extinguish all the fiery or flaming arrows of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Everybody say, we love the word of God here. We read it every day. It's in our heart and we will not sin against the Lord because the word says, if I hide the word in my heart, I will not sin against you. Yes, that's what it says. So if you're having a hard time, get the word of God. Sleep with it. Put it on top. I've slept with the word of God before on top of me, saying, God, please protect me from my own thoughts that are attacking my mind. Amen? Because this has got power. The word has power. With all prayer and petition, pray with specific request. Oh, God, I hope you take care of this because it's really bad. Amen. Or if it's your will, well, get in the word, and you'll know the will of God. Those, those are sloppy prayers, and they do not get done what God wants to get done. Everybody say, specific request. Devil, I bind you from killing either presidential candidate. You know why? Because it's important. The devil would like to kill him. Both of them, for different reasons. One is standing for righteousness. The other one, if he gets killed, then you don't know who's going to be on that party ticket. 
and we're supposed to vote for righteousness. We, we've got to know what's going on. Everybody say, be watchful. Be watchful. Be watchful. Um, and every, uh, with all prayer, at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, and with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition, interceding in prayer for all God's people. We're on assignment, folks. And it's time to lift up the name of Jesus. And when I was listening to, when I had this message, because I asked the Lord, now where do I go? I have to ask every week. See, I am not a genius. I mean, I, I say to the Lord, okay, next step faith. We did last week. Now we're going to do this week. What is it? I immediately heard resistance. I thought, oh, I can talk about that because I'm facing it. Amen. You know, we're moving toward that building. Believe me, resistance has arisen. Not from any of the people that I really care what they think because the people that I care that are hearing from the voice of God all say the same thing. But the devil is starting to raise his head. Amen? Well, then you got to know what God said to you. Well, see, these weights, now listen, every Monday and Thursday, I put myself through torture. Not my, my, my coach is beautiful. She's, she's an inspiration. But when she gets done showing us these five stations that we're going to do, it's true, isn't it, those of us that are in there? It's like she's smiling. We're all like thinking, oh, God, we're going to really need help tonight. It's the only place I've ever worked out that when I'm done, everything is wet. The inside of my hair is wet. Sweat is running in my eyeballs, burning my eyeballs up. It's like, and this is important. You know, God, is this really important? It is important. It's resistance. Come here, Sarah, please. Now, I was going to lift them, but she added all that other on there. I'm not going to do it. And she's really good at this. But, you know, some of us start out, you know, we've got these bands. They look harmless, don't they? It's pretty. It's pink. Till you try to put it around both legs at the same time. I'm, one of my legs is barely. So as soon as you put the other leg in, it goes like this. And then your legs are like this. And she says, okay, put them on a ball. So you try to get your knees down on the ball. And then she hands you two five-pound weights. Now, I know that's not a lot, but, you know, you get these two-pound five, and you, you're like this, and you're trying to go. And then she goes, no, up like this. No, it's up like this. Oh, you know, and your knees are going like this, and you're like the rubber band. It's like you're thrown in the torture chamber for, for a purpose. But my legs are getting stronger every day. I go up the hill at my house now, and I'm not up there going. <laughs> I'm not stopping that way, thinking I'm dying. Because she makes us do it. She doesn't say, please. My husband says, I'll bet she goes easy on you. I said, oh, no, she does. She doesn't. <laughs> I don't care how old you are. Sarah thinks you can be strong. And God does, too. But it is, it is hard. But the Lord told me, if you're going to do this, You've got to be strong. So she does this with not this much weight, dear God. But show them, Sarah, what you make us do. Well, she doesn't need to do a lot. She's very, very strong. She's been doing stronger every yeah. week. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sure. Sandy, Sue O'Brien come. Yeah, and, and Sydney. Yeah, Sydney and Heather. And, Heather. and we moan a lot. 
and we groan a lot. And even uh, <laughs> Mark comes sometimes when Laurel comes, and he sits in the booth, and he, you know, he's back there. He can't see us, but he sure hears our choir. <laughs> Can you turn that? We do the one where you go, where we have to go, and then we flip it, and then we whatever. Yeah. 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 See that? You think on the way down, I'm going with it. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Give Sarah a hand. <laughs> it has helped me say yes to what God's been asking me to do. Because he said that those things that are pushing on you are making you stronger every day. And my husband, you know, he'll say to me, what are you going to do about this? And I'll think, well, I didn't ask you that question. I just said, okay. But I know it's the, it's the Lord using that to make me say, this is what I'm going to do. Or the Lord said to me, if somebody asks you and you don't know, say, I don't know. You don't have to give information that I haven't given you. Isn't that good? This is what the Lord told me. You know, I'm going along with this thing. We're going to find a new place this year. I'm hearing all this. And then I get to COVID. And I've been hearing all these encouraging things. And now COVID shows up. Well, what are we supposed to do with COVID? And, you know, I, I heard Paul Doherty say this. He said, I called up older people. <laughs> I thought he's talking about people like me. And said, I've never, you know, I've only been a pastor for five, six years. I mean, what do you do in these situations? And those people he consulted said, Paul, we've never been this way either. We never walked through this. We're all hearing from God with you. So we don't have a guide book for you to go with. And uh, this is March 26th. Now, that was shortly after <laughs> everything broke loose. And uh, this is what I heard. Now, I don't know about the trails at this point. Is there anything I should know? That was my question. <laughs> Have you ever said to God, is there anything here I should know? I mean, I mean, I, we, we are responsible to feed you in this church what you need to get through what you're going through. Well, it, I don't even know what I'm going through. And so I said, is there anything I should know? Listen and obey and fear not. I am with you. Stay in faith. This too shall pass. Well, you know, back then they were saying just a couple of weeks and we'll all be out of it. Well. This is only a test. You overcome. Do not look to the left or right. Look straight ahead. Believe my report. Well, see, when COVID hit, the word didn't change. The Bible's still accurate. It's true. And stand on my side. Keep your eyes on me. There are many reports, but the, the report of heaven is the anchor for your soul. See, you go get a word. Everybody say, get a word. Get a word from the Lord for what you need to know. There are many reports, but the report of heaven is the anchor of your soul. Your spirit is anchored. Your soulish realm makes a choice. Can I say that again? Your spirit is anchored, but your soulish realm makes a choice. To stay safe, anchored in me, and to my word. The flesh is subject to the things around it, but your soul stays in charge. Are you getting this today? What does that mean? Whatever you've heard, just stay there in that place. Don't move. Everybody say, don't move. Don't move. And some of you today may be facing things. And God's saying to you, don't move. 
And you're saying, but I'm going to get run over. No, you're not. The enemy may get this close, but God will move him back away. He'll, he'll divert the enemy for you if you stay in faith. And then it says the flesh is subject to all the things around it. Your soul stays, but your soul stays in charge. Continue in what you know. That steadies the ship. Do y'all feel steadied? <laughs> well, see, if we're up here preaching, now listen, we're not sure. We're not sure. How are y'all going to feel about that? I don't know. Pastor Bill, I think, is going to move to Florida. And uh, I might follow him. And then there's Dan and Kelly. They might go off somewhere. I mean, what are you going to do? Everybody say, you have to study the ship. Now, this I say, parents need to study their ship and their house. They need to stop talking sick and sick and sick and sick. They need to start pleading the blood over their kids, plead the blood over their house, plead the blood, speak the word, give encouraging words to their kids, tell them this is going to be the best year we ever had. We are going to overcome this thing. There's nothing that's going on that we can't overcome in this house. We're united in this house, and the Bible says if we're in unity, that we have power. And you start preaching the word of God into your house. You may not preach it the way I preach it, but you know what to say to your kids that make them think, hey, Dad says it's okay. Isaiah, Jamal, everything's okay. You just get right on in. Girls, you just get right on in there. Everything's going to be fine. And then the teachers send them home because somebody four lines down got, you know, I mean, it's really crazy right now. Could I have a, a Kleenex, please? And, and so they send them home. Well, you know what? We're just going to learn how to do it this way for a few days. It's just all fine. We'll be, we'll be good. You don't go, <laughs> we might have it. I'm the oldest person probably here today, and I refuse to be afraid. If it tries to get on me, it will not win because I already won. You said, well, what about the people who died? I don't know about that, but I'm not concerned about what other people do. I am concerned about what God calls me to do. I pray for other people. I try to help them, but I don't base my faith on other people's experiences. Because I don't know what happened. I just have to trust my God and pray. I never will understand how come my mother went in that place and we never saw her again. But didn't change my opinion of God. Changed my opinion of the other people who are making decisions that I couldn't control. But I have to forgive them because they've never been down this road either. We cannot live in this state of panic, fear, doubt, and unbelief. We have got to stop. We've got to stop believing we're, we're on the other side. We are moving ahead. There are people who need us, and we are prepared for whatever God gives us. And in April, uh, I heard this. This will show you how to get to the other side. I thought, well, it's not looking that way. They just, they just locked us down again. Pray for the weak. Don't let the wolves have them. Call them in, the lost and the runaways. You know, when they're saying you shouldn't have church, and he tells me to call people in. Everybody say, God has a better idea. So we started calling them in by uh, Facebook. I'm sure glad y'all are listening today that are on Facebook. Don't give the devil a place. It's not, 
business as usual. A rebellious spirit always brings defeat. A lot of people are rebelling, but they are not even, don't even know what they're rebelling against. Faith is not haughty or rebellious. It is not fearful. Those are two extremes. Stand firm and don't be moved. You are going from glory to glory. Well, it didn't look like that. You know, you could hardly get to the grocery store and find anything at that point. Going into a wide place. You're going into a wide place, but a very narrow place to get there. But greener pastures, richer soil, much fruit. But you have to get there with everyone. That will be all of you guys. So lighten the load and get on your face and pray. <laughs> Seriously. Prayer brings us into unity. Now, you know, I know I said that kind of funny-like, but it's true. We lead, but the followers have to be praying. You know, you see those birds going to wherever they go, and, you know, there's a guy out front. That guy out there sometimes has to come to the back, and somebody else comes up front. Because why? They're going against resistance all the time. That's how they fly. That's how airplanes fly. They go against resistance. And so we need to be on our toes. This was May 14th. Keep your eyes on the harvest. It is ready to reap. Well, we had started back in here, and we could only have 40 to 50 people. And they had to call for reservations. I will guide you each day to have things ready. It's the day of Pentecost. And the Lord told me, have a night of praise on that uh, 31st of May. Call those things that are not as though they were. Keep harvest before your eyes and ears. Crowd of witnesses looking from heaven to watch, waiting to see the manifestation of the sons of God. It's a rebuilding time. Well, we're down to 50. We had more than that when we started. But it's rebuilding time. Everybody say, well, it's rebuilding time. And then I heard this, set things up now. In big capital letters, I put it. it that week, those trails went for sale. And the opportunity came to set up now for more. Are you getting this today? You know, Joshua, uh, he, he was quite a leader. And uh, he, he's my husband's favorite leader. In fact, the other day, Pastor Bill came out. We were at the trails, and we were praying, and he, <laughs> he uh, showed me the creek. You know, everything that lives by the water, it, it blooms. It grows. And we have a woods out there, and we have a creek out there. And so we went to look at the creek. Well, the creek doesn't have a lot of water in it, but it is a creek. There is water. And so we got back in the car, and I was talking to Heather about another situation. There's always resistance. Everybody say there's always resistance. It's like, you know, one good thing's happened, the phone rings, and there's things that aren't looking like they are good. Anyway, he starts driving around the building like, I thought, oh, Lord, he's making me dizzy, and I'm trying to talk, thinking, what is he doing? About, I don't know how, it was seven times. He gets under that awning, and he lays on the horn. I like to jump right out of the car. I looked at him, I thought, what was that? I mean, we're going, you know what I mean? He goes, that was my Jericho march around the building. I thought, well, you might have told me I would have joined you. I said, Heather, just a minute, we're doing a Jericho march in my car. 
Hallelujah. That's what you do, you know, if you're not going to run it, you just get in your car and zoom around it. It's a new day. Um, everybody say, by faith. Now, I don't know what made him do that, you know, because we were talking about a situation. And, it, you know, and he, I know he was hearing me because he would comment, you know, while I'm talking to her things. But he's driving like a crazy man around this building. Everybody say, by faith. And he blew that horn and he meant it. Amen? See, so what do we do? What do we do? We keep looking at what God says. You know, when Joshua took over that group of people, he had been through the 40 years of wilderness. He had been through from the beginning. He fought the first fight out of Egypt for Moses. Joshua fought the battle against Amalek, and Aaron and Hur got to hold his arms up. But Joseph had to fight. Joseph went to the mountain. I don't mean Joseph. I mean Joshua. Joshua went to the mountain when the Ten Commandments were given with Moses. Joshua stayed in the temple, a lot of times in the tabernacle, with Moses. One time it says Moses left, and he stayed in there. He was in there all the time, just like Moses. And then one day God said, give him some of your authority. And he took it. And then Moses died. He didn't get to go over. Now he's got these people, a whole new generation of people. But he remembers what the other people did. That was resistance to stay with it all that time. And at 80, say, okay, we're going in. And when he got ready to go in, the Lord said to him, I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not, I, I'll be with you. But only be strong and be courageous and meditate the word day and night and you will be successful. In chapter 3, when they get ready to go in, he said, do you have that, Joshua 3? And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark, the ark represented the presence of God. That was God for them. When you see that ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Everybody say, go after it. God always goes ahead. He always goes ahead. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. I heard the Lord tell me in this walk that we're on, don't get ahead of me. Stay behind me so you can see me. Don't even get beside me. Just get right behind me so you see me. And then follow me. And don't go to the right or left. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. What is he saying? This is next step faith, Joshua. So get behind me. Watch and stay back. And then follow me. Everybody say, follow me. You don't stay so far back, you're not with him. How many of you thought, I'll, I'll watch you, Lord, and when you get the victory, I'll be there for you. <laughs> that happened in Tulsa when we built our building. It did. Many people were excited about it. And as soon as they started having to believe for the finances and fight every week to pay the bills and go where we were going, as soon as that happened, they started leaving. Do you know what happened when we got the building built? They all came back. They all came back. Reminded me of that, that was it an old little hen that was making bread. Nobody was there to help her make it. But when the bread was warm and hot and they smelled it, they all came to eat. Well, we just took them all back in and hope they grow up in faith. Because that wasn't the last mountain we ever climbed at Victory. It wasn't the last thing God ever said for us to do. It's called next step faith. 
Ephesians, uh, not Ephesians, um, it's in Contend Earnestly for the Faith, Jude, Jude 3. If you read Jude, it's right before Revelations. Now, I have had people asking me, are we, are we at that time where the trumpet's going to blow and, uh, you know, uh, things with Israel that are being uh, brought to peace with, um, you know, the different nations over there? And is this it? Is this it? Is this it? You know, the only thing I can say to you is what God said to me. Your, your only concern is to be about my business when I show up. Be doing it. Because when the trumpet blows, I have no idea. But you be doing what I told you to do when I showed up. And so that's the way I live. I don't know where we're at. Sure looks like we're close. But if, if you think about that, then you're, well, why would we need to go to a building? Why would we need to do this? Why don't we just sit here and watch for it? Because he didn't say sit and watch for it. He said, be about my business. Be making disciples, doing what I gave you to do. So that's what you do. It says, contend earnestly. You know, when, when Jude wrote this, it said, Beloved, I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation. What he's saying is, I was, I was doing what I thought to do, but I was compelled, everybody say compelled, to write to you urgently appealing that you fight strenuously for the defense of the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. If you go on and read the rest of that chapter, all hell is breaking loose. All hell is breaking loose. There are false prophets, false teachers, everybody coming against the truth of the word of God. And so he's about to tell them everything they have when God shows up and says, no, tell them to contend for what they believe because we are at war. Amen? Amen. I believe we're at war. Second Corinthians says we have weapons. Everybody say, I got a weapon. I got armor. I'm ready. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not, they're not going to help the flesh, but they will pull down strongholds. And they will take care of the enemy that is against your soul. And it's happening right now. There are people interceding and praying all over because God's about to do something really spectacular. This is an exciting time. Amen. Let's stand. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that it's truth. I thank you that you're always with us. You make a way where there is no way. Lord, I pray today for those that um, have wanted to just sit down and give up. Um, last week we talked about confusion, and I believe there are a lot of people that are confused. But I also believe there are a lot of people who have just sat down, even churches. Father, I ask you for a revelation that this is not the time to shut the doors. This is not the time for the church to go away. It's the time for the church to rise up. Wake up. Rise up. Begin to lift that weight. Begin to, to pray. Because when we're lifting those prayers to heaven, the word is working mightily. God is answering. Lord, I know you're answering. I know because your word says that you hasten to perform your word. And when you sow it into the earth, it will not return void. So, Lord, help us to be on your side, to be on your team right now in the midst of our greatest situations. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus or maybe you knew Jesus and you know you've let go, but today you want to grab back a hold of Jesus and to what he means to you. Or if you're watching online and, and you say, you know, I've just been sitting at home because I didn't know where to go. Well, I've, I'm going to pray today that you go to Jesus right there in your home. And he's going to show you what to do. He'll show you where to go. He'll show you what to say and what to do. 
if that's you today and you've never received Jesus or, or you've just kind of walked away, but you realize, I can't do this without the help of the Lord. If that's you, anybody in this room, that's you. In Jesus' name, let's just all say this together. You know, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that you will be saved because it's the confession of your faith. In other words, you can't see Jesus today, and you can't you can't really see with your spiritual or with your natural eyes, but you know in your heart that it's real. Let's say this together, Father. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that He died for me. For one reason, He loved me. His Father loves me. And so today, I yield my life to you, Lord. I ask you to take over and do what I cannot do. Show me what to do. Forgive my sins and help me to stay on the path that you've prepared for me. I, I ask you to open my eyes so I can see what you see about me in Jesus name now I just want to pray for all of you that are here today and maybe you're in a position of next step faith maybe it's just to believe for your kids you know um, there's a lot of lost young people today a lot of people making unwise decisions and we have to believe I mean where's our faith today sometimes we get discouraged sometimes we get off course but today's a day to make the next step in your faith and say, Lord, I'm not giving up on them. I'm not going to give up on them. I'm going to keep speaking what the word says and not what I see. How many of you know that's a real tragedy? Saying what you see, not what you believe. Let's just all, how many of you, that's you, you've got some things that are like going to take next step faith. You know they're going to take next step faith. And you've been a little hesitant for whatever reason, maybe not fear, maybe it, maybe it's financial, maybe it's just, you know, you just don't know if it's God. Father, in Jesus' name, you see these hands, and we thank you that you begin to encourage those who lifted their hands, and, and all of us, Lord, but especially those who lifted their hands, that where you lead, you provide. And if you have said, step out, they step out. They will step out. They will not, they will not shrink back. They will not be fearful. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that this church is full of people who use wisdom, who are vigilant, who are paying attention, watching. And those that have your hand up, I believe God will show you without a doubt this is the way. Walk in it and do not turn to the right or left. And that you will have courage to step into that place where you're going to have to step into. And it is a big step. I just feel that right now in my heart. Some of you, what God's asking you to do is a big step. And it's to say, God, I'd have to trust you for everything. There's no better place to be. And don't, don't be in a hurry because when it's time, you'll know and you'll step out because he'll say enough and do enough for you that you're going to know without a doubt, I have heard from heaven and I'm doing it and I'm doing it. I'm going forth and I'm going to do what God said. And I pray that over all of you today. John, let's just sing that as we close today. Holy Spirit. And I want you to sing this, believing that the Holy Spirit is welcome in your life to rule. Let's sing it. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Yeah. Come from this place and fill the 
for every person here today and I thank you Lord that they are going forward they're not retreating and they're not sitting still but they are moving in the direction that you've pointed them to I thank you for those that are listening online today that they are encouraged and the people in their house are encouraged that are there with them I thank you Lord nothing is impossible to you you said that when we walk by faith and not by sight Nothing is impossible to us that God has spoken to us. We thank you and we give you praise, Lord, for your presence in this house today. We thank you, Lord, that you said in your word, I will never leave you or forsake you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And we rejoice in that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's finish. Let's finish up. Let's finish with our confession. We send you out every week with... But thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Whoa, we're going to start over. We make it personal. Gives me the victory. Okay, here we go. But thanks be to God who gives me the victory through my Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that my labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him a big praise and go and be blessed. Hallelujah.